If you're listening to this podcast, odds are you have a small business. In fact, your business may be good, too good, so much so that you're soon overwhelmed trying to run your business with a pen and paper. Maybe your desk gets covered in sticky notes and phone calls and emails can swallow up days at a time. Instead of all that, consider something better. 17 Hats. 17 Hats is the premier platform for small businesses like yours, especially businesses of one. 17 Hats lets you manage your business better with one place to streamline everything from leads to onboarding to billing. You can reclaim hours otherwise lost to chaos. This newfound time lets you focus on what you do best and live your best life. If you know us, you know we love using 17 Hats, our client management system that we simply can't run our businesses without. It's a business management platform for solopreneurs. It automates the busy work that steals your time and allows you to manage your business better. Go from good to better to best with 17 Hats. You can get started for free at 17hats.com. Use the referral code, which is all one word, equipped creatives. Again, that's the number 17hats.com. Welcome back to the EC Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode today. We are so excited to have Jessica from Social Savvy on as a guest. She's also a fellow podcaster, so we're actually going to be doing a podcast swap soon. So she's on our podcast today to talk about all things social media, and we will be on her podcast which is called hashtag manage the podcast. So keep an eye out for that. But today's hot topic is all about leveraging the right type of content that actually converts your followers into clients. Don't we want more of that? Yes, we do. (laughs) This episode will definitely be one where you want to take notes. So get ready because we are diving in right now. You're listening to the Equipped Creatives Podcast with Tony from Tony Marie Photography and Julia from Julia Kathleen Photography. Two girls from opposite coasts who started their photography passions in high school have since turned their hobbies into full-time photography and education businesses. Whether you're a photographer, creative entrepreneur, or you simply just want to hang out and talk about life together, you're in the right place. This podcast will leave you feeling inspired, prepared, and most importantly, equipped to take on your creative dreams. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast today. We're so excited to have you here. Hi, Julia. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. So excited. I can't wait to learn from you today and hear all about social savvy. So before we jump right into everything, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about social savvy and just tell us how you got started and what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. So I started Social Savvy in the end of 2018, which is really crazy to say because we're recording this in 2023. And it has certainly been a really interesting past couple of years, but I'll go to the very beginning. And I started at the end of 2018. In 2018, I relocated for a job and I only worked in that job for about two and a half to three months. And towards the end of that role, things were getting a little rocky with my employer. They weren't able to 
pay my weekly paychecks anymore. And I was managing a team of some contractors and some digital marketers. And unfortunately, their invoices weren't being paid either. So it was a really interesting time where I was realizing that I cannot afford to live in this city and not be paid for the work I'm doing. And it was also really sad because it was a really fun job. And it felt like the job, the dream job that we Mm -hmm. all kind of aspire in life. So instead, Instead of getting back out in a really competitive job market at the time, I decided that I would start freelancing. I had always wanted to freelance for the past couple of years prior, but if I'm being completely transparent with all of you guys, I was really scared and I did not want to take the jump into entrepreneurship. It felt really scary at the time. And of course, imposter syndrome was really loud inside of my head telling me that I, you know, who am I to have my own business and to, you know, create a social media company. I feel really lucky at the time my uh, now husband was able to support us. So I think that really played a huge role in me feeling confident in being able to take the jump. So the end of 2018, I started putting myself out there more (laughs) online in terms of that I can offer social media marketing services. And I started doing everything beyond social media. I was designing websites. um, I was doing content creation. I was going into businesses, you know, shooting photography, different things along those lines. I was doing anything and everything that anyone would pay me for. (laughs) And I was completely burnt out (laughs) doing it, as one would probably think. Sure. So I realized that the thing that I loved the most was – I loved social media. I loved being able to create an account from scratch, grow the account with a community of followers who then turn into customers and clients who are willing to buy. And it was just a really fun time to kind of learn and test and do different things. And I had worked in social media years prior, but I was really restricted in those roles into the creative ability that I had. I had to follow really strict, you know, project scope parameters and I had to report to a lot of people. So I didn't really have a lot of creativity, not compared to what I have now. Um, So yeah, like I said, it's been a few years since Social Savvy has started. It's now myself and a team of three others. We're actually all located in the Tampa, Florida area. And we are all, I like to say, we're all social media obsessed. We all have our strengths and weaknesses when it comes to content creation and platforms that we love and create content for like our own brands for. But then we collectively come together and can manage Um, accounts for our clients. And we work with primarily small businesses who are owned by a female entrepreneur. Um, And I usually like to say they're pretty impact driven. So either there's an important cause that means to them, or, you know, they have a really strong mission. And that is shown in what they're selling and who they're selling it to. And so we really try to reflect that in their social media marketing as well. And then 
the last part of social savvy, I always call it the second business because um, it really <laughs> has evolved into that over some time. But in 2020, we started what's called the Social Savvy Collective. And this is where we empower and mentor other females into becoming social media managers, whether they want to become oh, freelancers wow. and own their own business. Or in all honesty, a lot of the people we support too are working a corporate social media job or they're interning. So we like to keep it inclusive to anyone in the social media field. That's amazing. Oh, that's so cool that you started this and um, that you guys have a team now. I love that so much. And I know that you have you have a podcast as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So we started the podcast in November of 2022. It's called Hashtag Managed. And we talk all things social media and entrepreneurship. And it has been really fun to start the podcast because we've kind of done it collectively as a team. Being a social media manager and just you know, the CEO of Social Savvy, I'm always willing to outsource to anyone who is an expert in their field. I know that they can do it way better than I probably can do it. But when it came to starting our podcast, it really felt like something we needed to do internally in-house. And I think a quality of mine, and I know the quality of the rest of the team, is, is that we just, we all wanted to learn how to do it ourselves. So we oh, uh, awesome. produce it all and market it in-house. And um, yeah, it's been a really awesome experience just starting that, learning a new platform, and just being able to reach so many different listeners with it. Very cool. Yes, I love that you are providing free education out there. I think that that's so helpful. I wish that when I started my business that I would have had free education and uh, just was able to learn more about social media because I feel like I just kind of, I know for me personally, I just kind of threw myself into it and tried to learn and figure out the social media world. And so I'm excited to hear from you today about social media because I feel like this is such a huge part of your business. It really, I feel like this is where I get for me like 90% of my clients. And so um, other than word of mouth, and I think that, yeah, social media is just huge. It can really make or break your business to be honest. So um, I just kind of want to chat first, like how I want to know why somebody should hire a social media agency, because I feel like, you know, some people aren't familiar with, with that term. So maybe you can kind of explain first what a social media agency is, and then kind of get into why somebody should hire a social media agency. Yeah, absolutely. I love this question. So I'll start off with your first part to it. What is a social media agency? And in all honesty, and in my experience, because I come from that role before starting Social Savvy, working for a few um, different agencies, is that it's different <laughs> everywhere you go. So in a social media agency in whole will in will create content and manage social media accounts for other businesses. And the reason that I say they're all so different is because I think a lot of people in the social media industry have different areas of expertise. And some agencies and even freelancers, depending on which avenue you're going with hiring, is they specialize in different things. So 
typically an agency in the nature of its name is supposed to have people who have all different expertises. So you usually have a content writer or a copywriter who focuses on, you know, writing really engaging captions for your social media channels. There'll probably be a graphic designer or two who can really create on-brand visuals, whether that is graphics and banners or even into the video element of social media. I think also in 2023, any social media agency or just freelancer in general needs some sort of video skills as well. I mean, reels are huge. They have been, they're not going anywhere. You know, other short form content like TikTok and YouTube shorts, they're not going anywhere either. And so it's really important to have that skill. So an agency, in a sense, has a few different experts that can handle the different expertises of creating content from every single angle that's needed on social media, but they also come in with a strategy as well. So that sometimes is the difference between a freelancer who might just be a content creator or a freelancer who is a social media manager. Whereas an agency comes in and they look at the big picture of usually the questions I like to ask is where does social media fit into your overall marketing plan? Um, Like you mentioned, it's 90% of the new business that's coming in for you and the other is referrals. So thinking about how those two play hand in hand and thinking about other any other channels that you're doing, I think it's important to create that strategy from the start. And then from there, all of the content creation, like I mentioned, and then from that to execution. So making sure all of the content and any campaigns happening are running smoothly because social media will have issues. There'll be glitches. There'll be different things like that. And I think on the other end of that kind of staying on the account all the time is noticing trends. What's working on the platform? Um, You know, there's different trends on Instagram than on TikTok at any given time. They can kind of circulate and you know, cross pollinate on both platforms, but it's definitely different. So I think that's where having an agency can really play into having that expert in your back pocket. Because as a business owner, we all know that we need to be on social media. And it's certainly a free platform that we can go on. But there's so many things that go into just Instagram alone, we could just talk about all of the things we have to do for Instagram. And that to me feels like a full time role, (laughs) because it is absolutely so (laughs) many different things, especially comparing to doing all the other things in our business. Um, The other thing that I like to talk about when you know, considering do I need to hire a social media agency or a freelancer or a marketer is I always like to consider what level are you at and what season are you at in your business? Because I've noticed over, you know, my past five years of owning social savvy, I've noticed that different entrepreneurs have come to me with wanting to be on social media and they're in different seasons. And I think the way that we build our like partnerships is what I like to call it with the clients that we work with is they come and go as seasons change in their business. And when I say that, there's been clients who've come to us who they you know, they're not getting any leads on social media. And it's kind of like they're, you know, they're at their wits end. They're like, what do I do? I've been posting consistently on Instagram for months and months and nothing's working. Um, So it's, it's taking that approach to it. And like I said, different seasons happen. So if you're considering 
should you hire a social media agency and really invest more in that platform for your business, I would consider what season are you in and what are you looking to get out of it? Because I know that that is a question that is probably different for, you know, for both of us who are thinking about why we use social media for our businesses. And of course, to like all of the listeners right now is thinking, well, do I need more leads? Do I need to grow my brand awareness? Do I just need to grow my following? Is it really low? Um, you know, different things to consider. Or is it considering that, you know, you, you've never been on TikTok, but you know that your people are on TikTok. So it could be a good way to get, you know, to get on different platforms. So I think that's just something that everyone should kind of consider before actually hiring. Yes. I like that you said that you actually help people come up with a strategy behind it, because I think that that's one of the biggest problems that people face when trying to grow their social media, I think that it's difficult to grow it when there's no strategy behind it. So I think that that makes hiring a social media agency worth it. Absolutely. For sure. That's that's huge. And I wanted to ask you to, do you guys mainly just focus on Instagram or I know you mentioned TikTok. Do you focus on TikTok or Pinterest or anything like that too? Yeah. So our main platforms that we are, you know, promoting our clients' businesses on are Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. And I leave Facebook out of that in a really mm -hmm. nice way. Obviously, Facebook pages are not what they used to be by any means. My first ever job in social media was managing Facebook pages that were just ginormous in the amount of fans that they had on it. And so I know that is not Facebook pages these days. Um, but we focus on those main platforms because I think there's so many great features of each platform and they're all so different. And so I think that kind of really goes into that strategy piece. I know a lot of business owners and sometimes even marketers think, okay, if I show up consistently on social media, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. But then it comes down to the question of, okay, you're posting, but maybe you're not getting the engagement that you thought you would get. And then also the other thing that happens, which none of us as a business owner wants could happen where you're not getting any leads or getting any clients or customers. And I think that anytime that's happening, it's just that missing strategy component. Or if there is a strategy in place, it just needs to be adjusted a little bit. Yes. No, that's so good. That's that's very helpful. Um, switching gears a little bit, I wanted to ask you how you can identify your target followers' needs and their interest to create the type of content that resonates with them um, because I feel like that can be difficult to do. I think that just finding what resonates with you is really does change your social media so much. So I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Yeah, I think when it comes to a really big part of a really good content strategy, in my opinion, and just what I've seen work across all of the industries that we manage alone at Social Savvy is that it comes down to your content will do well if you know your audience. And this is something that I like to dig into when we onboard new clients. It's the first part of the strategy because I can't really piece together any of the other 
components of a social media strategy without knowing who we're talking to on these platforms. And I have had a couple of clients tell me that they've loved the questions I've asked them about their audience because it's helped them really define that person more. So then that can help them sell better or it can help them create new products or services for those those people. So I think when you're considering your efforts on social media, regardless of what platform or platforms you're on, is consider who you sell to in your business. And I am... I like to just use like a sheet of paper and a pen and just I'm old school with notes, even being a social <laughs> media manager. I feel like I'm way more creative if I can like think about it and then write it out. But I like to really write out who this person is. And I like to go deeper than basic demographics and different things that talk about this you know, person or group of people, all of those are really important. And those are really important to know because then we can check the insights of any platform we're on. And it'll tell us like, are we targeting people in, um, you know, this age range or this geographic location or whatever makes up those demographics for your business. But I like to get out a piece of paper. And a few things that I like to start thinking about are, you know, who is this person? Yes, they, for example, they could be a woman aged um, 35. Maybe she's a new entrepreneur. Um, So she's kind of going into another season of life. I like to ask more questions because I want to know a little bit deeper for creating content. So a few questions are, you know, what is she a mom or is she not a mom? You know, what does that look like? Um, what does her role as an entrepreneur look like? Because that's going to tell me her time and where her time is spent. And I think that that is just a good thing to know about our people. And then a few other things that I like to think about as well is what kind of content do they like to consume? So I always like to ask, you know, where are they shopping? These are like fun questions, I think, when it comes to thinking about, yeah, yeah, thinking about um, like our target audience kind of beyond the basics are like, where do they like to shop? Do they shop online? Do they shop in store? Because a lot of times we can start finding similarities in our people who we're trying to attract on social media. And then of course, who we're going to sell to on social media. And I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that component of social media as well. Like how can we sell to them? But asking those questions, I also also like to ask what kind of content do they like to consume? Do they like to read books? Um, Do they like to listen to podcasts? Do they love music? Do they love movies? Because these can all start telling me really small things about who they are and what interests them. Um, So that way, like if I can bring anything fun into social media content, like maybe they love, you know, they're a big movie person. So any movie memes or, you know, just staying up to date with like what's coming out in theaters will always resonate with them. And if, and I know a lot of these questions are really particular and you might be thinking, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know any of these questions about my people. I think that this is a really good opportunity to incorporate this now into your social media content in a super fun way. You're going to get really good engagement, but you're going to get this whole bank of answers that your people love and then you can create content for. So just knowing who they are, what they love, and then kind of taking it on the more so negative side of that, but there's a reason for that. So taking into account like what are they de- like what are they dealing with? What are their what are their pain points? Like what is standing in the way of 
getting a solution that they want. So for example, I always like to kind of use myself as a social media manager. The number one, the number two things that people come to me and say is I know I need to be on social media, but it's too time consuming. So time, I always hear that. I hear it on every call I ever get on. And the second part that doesn't always come up, but it comes up a lot. So I like to take it into account that that's my avatar is that they're not a big social media user themselves. Mm -hmm. So those are just two things that I know are the, you know, quote unquote problems. So thinking about things that your audience loves, thinking about the problems and starting to weave those things into content is really how you can just create a good content strategy that is going to get them to engage because you know they're going to love the content. And if it's content that is on those problems or those pain points, those are going to be the posts that you're eventually going to be selling to with them. But it'll come much more natural. Yes, I totally agree. I think anytime that you can relate to somebody on social media, it just helps you feel so much more connected to them. And I think at the end of the day, it does convert into sales because they feel like you're not just some person behind the screen. You're you're a real human being and you can actually connect with them. And so I think that that's really, really good advice. And for somebody that I guess doesn't, or they're just starting out and they don't have a huge following yet, is that still possible to kind of go in and, and dive in and ask yourself all those questions? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think no matter how many people we have in our social media audiences, I think there is the right time to start listening. So like listen, social listening, listening to our people on social media is as soon as you get that first follower, even if it's you, even if it's, you know, if it's our moms, if it's anyone who's like supporting <laughs> us, like close to us, but just starting at that small pool, because that's where you can really just get into a habit of asking those questions. So I think a great way to do this is to put up some really fun polls on Instagram stories. You can put these questions inside of your captions on your you know, feed, if it's Instagram, if it's any other platform, you can do that. You could also ask people in DMs. I think that's a really, really good way too. But if you are feeling like, okay, I have a really small pool of people on social media, look beyond social media. Look at your current client roster or you know, past clients, past customers you've sold to, and then really reach out to them and just have a conversation with them in email. Most people I have found are willing to help in terms of market research, which is really, really nice of them, but they're willing to share, you know, what they love, what they don't love. So you can start to understand them and people like them a little bit better and then starting to create that content strategy. Mm, That's really good. Do you suggest look or kind of like writing down um, what your dream clients would look like as well? Yeah, I think getting really clear on who they are is a really good way. I think this is a really fun exercise for kind of on the lead generation side of your business, but also on the social media side. So if you're ever feeling like you don't have a lot of leads or maybe enough leads that you need coming in, get really, really clear on who this dream client is. And 
define them in who they are. And even if you're just creating, you know, you're creating it, it's a dream scenario of this is who they are, this is what they need, but get even deeper than that. Go, you know, write it out. If you're like me, you like to write pen to paper, or if you like, you know, the notes app on your phone, whatever you prefer, you can, whatever method you love, do that, but really write it out and write out things like this, you know, this dream client, after you've developed who they are, they hired me for this service. And, you know, I delivered this service or this product to them and they loved it. It got them this solution or this transformation. It really kind of helps create like a story in your head about who this person is. And I think, again, I think that helps you on the social media side. So you know how to create content for them and like who you're speaking to. Cause there's the, the quote, you know, if you're speaking to everyone, you're actually speaking to no one, which is really true because people will come across your post or your story or maybe you're real. And if it's really general and it's not clear who it's geared for, then people will just keep scrolling. But instead, if you say something along the lines of, you know, are you tired of working until 10 p.m. every single night? You're going to hit every single person who reads that who's like, yes, I am tired of working till 10 p.m. every night. How did you know that? So you're (laughs) immediately going to hook them in. For sure. Yeah. I love that you brought up the um, the word storytelling because I feel like that that's, that's huge in social media. Um, so how does that role of storytelling play a part in creating content uh, that actually converts your followers into leads and into clients, get, getting them into your inbox? <laughs> <laughs> I love I love talking about storytelling because I think when I hear a lot of business owners say that the things that they struggle with the most on social media is creating content and a deeper part of that is writing captions. And I think a lot of times it comes down to, you know, not knowing how to write the caption or like who you're writing the caption for. So I think the act of storytelling can really help you think about the bigger picture of that piece of content. And it kind of shifts gears into this is more of a quality over quantity kind of thing when it comes to creating content. And I think the biggest part about storytelling on social media is something that you mentioned, Julia, a a few minutes ago, where you mentioned, you know, the trust factor and how that is such a big part on social media. And I think the reality of it is, is people buy from people. Um, you know, of course, there's a, I could name so many big brands that we all probably buy from. But in reality, we're buying from those big brands because we see storytelling. We can see, and of course, there's, you know, millions and millions of ad dollars behind those storytelling campaigns. But in it, the true essence of what it is, is they are telling the story of their product in like your hand so you can see it. Oh, if I have this product or if I have this service, that's what I'm going to get. So when it comes to how do I create stories for my business to promote on social media, I think the first place to look at is look at your testimonials or reviews or any social proof that you might have for your business. And instead of taking those testimonials and reviews and putting them on quote graphics or, you know, maybe a graphic with a headshot of who that came from, instead, tell the story, you know, tell the story about this client A who hired you because they really needed to 
you know, improve XYZ in their business. And after working with you for three months, um, they were able to like take social media off their plate and they were generating more leads than they ever have before. And, you know, really tell the story of what it was like working with you. I think that that is a really good way to take the testimonials and social proof that, you know, we'll, we'll do the selling for us, which I'm on social media. If you haven't kind of tell, can tell already, I'm a big proponent of creating content that sells for us without us directly saying, Hey, come buy from me or Hey, come hire me for this service. Because when we, when we do it in an, in another way, in a more natural way, we're going to get more sales and we're going to get more leads. So we don't ever have to worry about, Oh, you know, Oh no, am I going to get any sales or new inquiries this week? You already kind of know that your content is doing that for you. So you can certainly start with the stories about the clients you've worked with, testimonials, and all of that. Another really good story, I think, is your personal story as an entrepreneur, as the business owner. And one question that I get a lot from people who aren't really sure how personal they should be on their business social media accounts, I think there's no right or wrong answer. And from what I can see, I think it really depends on how personal you want to be. And a great way to do that is weave in the storytelling. I know for myself on, like I mentioned at the start, we have the Social Savvy Collective, which is where we teach and mentor social media managers. And a big part of the content strategy for that is I share about how I, you know, worked in a corporate marketing role and how I lost that job and how I struggled to freelance and struggled with imposter syndrome. And I talk about all of those things because I think that there's a lot of like lessons in that story, but I know people can resonate with that story. So that is why I think storytelling is just a really good strategy for social media. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. Do you have any other storytelling techniques that you would recommend to somebody that maybe hasn't taken that approach before? Yeah, I think so beyond the testimonial side, beyond the personal, you know, founders, entrepreneur, business owner story, I think a few other ways that you can storytell are you can talk to, remember when we were kind of doing the little mini paper exercise of our, you know, ideal follower, we were talking about all of the different things that they really desired in life, that they loved, that they were really passionate about. But we talked about the things that were pain points for them. So they didn't really love these things. Um, They struggled with them. It was something that they had, you know, they have, and they want a solution for it. I think a really good storytelling for that is speaking to those things. And the solution or the hero in that story is what you're selling. It's the product or the service that you're selling. And the, you know, the story goes that they you know, they have this problem and it's, you know, this is a technique that a lot of copywriters will use if they're writing 
you know, sales copy, you know, they're trying to convince someone to buy on a sales page or, you know, on emails or whatever they're copywriting. And they want to talk about the pain points, but they want to talk about it in a way that highlights the pain points. You know, we don't want to pour any salt on any wounds here for our audience. I know that's not what any of us are wanting to do with our content, but we want to let them know that we understand. And again, I think that for a lot of us, our ideal follower or ideal client, customer, avatar, whatever you want to call them, a lot of times we can find ourselves in that person and we can relate to them. You know, we can relate to those pain points. Yes, for sure. Nine times out of 10, why we started our business in the first place, you know, or why we've upgraded our business and gotten better in what we've done, you know, in our craft over time. So I would really, you know, tell the story of those pain points and each pain point or struggle could be a story which could be helpful if you're just starting out maybe you just know one and I think that's okay start with that story tell the solution of how your service solves that issue and that to me is a really well written caption for social media that is so good yes I think um as a photographer I would hear people's pain points and when they would email me so you know over and over again Mm -hmm. and So just finding a way as a photographer to go in and share how I could solve those pain points on my website and on social media and in my email templates and in my pricing guides really just helped me be able to answer their questions. And it also saves me time in the long run too, because I don't have to answer that question over and over again, but I'm happy to share what helps and Um, share how I can solve those pain points and just connect it all back to the experience that I'm going to give somebody. So I love, I love what you said there. And uh, I, I'd love to hear from you just how to avoid sounding too salesy and all of that, because I think that there's definitely a way to make it feel more natural, like you said, where you where they can relate back to you, or there is a way to where it just feels so salesy and you're trying to sell something and that's not what we want. Yeah, I think when it comes to when it comes to not being too salesy on social media, I think that's something that I know I hear from a lot of other business owners, creatives, you know, entrepreneurs. They don't want to be salesy. They they want to showcase their business and their craft and what they're doing, and they want to find their people. And it can be really defeating when you're not finding them, or maybe you found them and you're like, they're not buying for me, or they're not inquiring, like what's going on? There's something missing. And a lot of times it comes down to a few things. So when I think we're creating content on social media, going back to the point of instead of focusing on selling, if we truly focus on serving our followers. So when I say that, you know, considering they're following us. And to me, that is something that I certainly don't take anything or any metric in business lightly. It's I think everything is a win. So if they're on my email list, if they're listening to the podcast, or they're following me on social media, to me, that is amazing. And I'm like, they have loved something so much 
or they need something or probably mm-hmm. a little bit of both. <laughs> so they yeah. need to follow, you know, because they want that valuable content or they want to learn more about growing on social media or something along those lines. So when I think about what can I do every single day to show up for them on social media and serve them, to me, that strategy just kind of like builds itself. The ca- the content calendar is starting to fill in with, okay, I'm going to start by talking about the different reasons that, you know, people would hire a social media manager. I'm going to pull in the storytelling of, you know, these are clients who have hired us and they, you know, I have, and I kind of to your point, Julia, I screenshot any email or any DM. I, you know, I, I don't screenshot the names, but anytime someone says something to me that I'm like, hmm, that's a really good question. Or you, you know, they give praise or they say a statement or it's something that they're dealing pain point or something along those lines. I screenshot it and I really bank it and I bank it into a folder and I just call it market research and I organize it by questions, testimonials, um, praise, like, um, you know, pain points, feedback, anything along those lines. So if I'm ever creating content, I can go in, I can see what people have said to me. And I can take their words, like you mentioned, putting those words on your website, on your service guide, welcome guide, all of that. So they feel like I'm being taken care of. I'm being served. I think when we do that on social media, so public facing in our content, then people are going to automatically they're going to think about us when they need to hire that photographer. Or if they are talking to a best friend and they're looking for a photographer for something that we specialize in and that we are known for shooting, they're going to recommend us. So when we are serving in our content in that sense, that is where it makes selling really, really easy. And I think a big part of that is the storytelling of how what we do is the solution for what they need, or maybe they've hired other photographers, or maybe they've tried to do some other route, um, you know, some other alternative, and it just didn't work out. And, you know, those are the things that we're talking about. And then we're showing them that, you know, this is what you tried, or this is what you could do. But here is the experience, like you mentioned, Julia, that I do for my clients. And here's what they get. And here's why they love it and why it's so good. And that is the easiest way to sell to people on social media, just by serving up what they need on that pretty silver platter to them. I think the other second component to not wanting to be too salesy on social media is considering the social aspect of social media. So when we think about how, you know, we're all business owners and we're thinking about Instagram as a marketing platform, but if we really if we're really doing our, our homework on building out that ideal follower avatar, you know, talking about the things they love and the things for that, I can guarantee that we did not write down that they are using social media to go find all these businesses <laughs> that they need. You know, Definitely. they're probably following their favorite brands. You know, if they have a favorite skincare brand or a favorite local coffee shop they go to every day, they're probably following those on social media because it's so relevant in their daily life. But other businesses, they're not going out and actively searching for them. So if we think about how we can be more social, we're pulling in the personal elements that make us us. Um, Because I'm sure, Julia, that people, you know, most people come to you from social media, but they also come from referrals. And I'm sure they hire you because of your amazing work and the service that you offer. But I'm sure they hire you 
you know, versus like other people, you know, people want to hire someone that they feel is going to take care of them and deliver the service they want to. And they're not going to hire someone who offers a service, but they don't know who this person is whatsoever. It's really scary because you're like, what am I getting myself into at this point? (laughs) So definitely for sure. Yeah. So thinking about the social aspect of that, and I think a lot of it goes down to when we're listing out all of the things that our ideal followers love, are there any that you love too? Like, do you also love to shop at this place? Um, Or do you, you know, anything that you can connect on with them? Those are going to be those personal elements that get people to be social with you and you build that community. So when it does come time to you're posting about your work or you're posting testimonials or portfolio pieces or whatever it is that are more of the selling promotional content, it just really shows that you know, you're sharing what you do. You're not actively selling to social media. You're really kind of putting positioning what you do right in front of them and they're already feeling more primed and just more eager to buy and work with you. Definitely. Yeah. I I love that. And I love that. I feel like when you can add value to somebody's life and, um, and just provide an amazing service and they can still see that it's, it's you that really has the heart for it and the passion for it. I think that that makes all the difference in the world and also can help with, with that like salesy aspect of everything. And Mm -hmm. I know for me too, I, I want clients that specifically want to work with me. I don't want to find, or I don't want clients that are just, um, trying to find, you know, the cheapest photographer out there or, or anything like that. I want, I think I notice a difference when, um, I'm working with the clients that actually connect with me and we actually share those things in common and, um, they feel like I'm providing value in, in their life. And, Um, and then it also, it makes me so excited too, because when I'm on a shoot or something, I can actually connect with them and we can chat and just have a really good time and a good conversation. So, um, I love what you said there. I also wanted to ask you what advice you would give to somebody that's looking to just improve their overall content strategy, because like you said, I want to, um, and just come back to that strategy aspect, because I feel like that can be really difficult to even know what that is or even find that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, so I I love talking strategy and it's the one thing that I know that I can probably talk about all day long. And I kind of going back to that passion, I know when I connect with clients that I know they want a good strategy and I know that they want a social media account that can get the results for them. So I think it's always such a good way to, they know that they're getting that component, you know, when working together. And so when it comes to looking at your overall strategy on social media, I think a few things to really look at and sort of audit is consider the platforms that you're on. I think this is something that I do regularly. I actually just did this at the start of June. Looking at all of the social media platforms, I think personally, as a social media, uh, you know, agency owner, we're on a lot of platforms, we're not on all of them. And there was a time that we were on every single platform. And the reality of it is, is our people aren't on every platform. They're not on our people aren't on Twitter. And that's okay. You know, they're not on certain platforms. So we shouldn't be on those platforms, because it's, you know, it's a wasted effort. So regularly audit the platforms you're on, and maybe the platforms you're not on and ask yourself, you know, is, is my audience 
on these platforms? Can I show up and create content for them? And always kind of think about it in that question. You know, don't, you don't have to think about, okay, you know, maybe we've rewind a couple of years when TikTok first came on the market and we're all <laughs> like, should we be on TikTok? I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, there was so much pressure to really jump over there and adopt that new platform. And if our audience isn't on TikTok at all, or maybe they're not on TikTok just yet, then we don't need to be on there. So consider all of the platforms that you're on, you know, consider, do you really know, you know, going back to that exercise, I know that's something we've kind of gone back to on every question, but it's so important to really know who our people are so we can create a strategy to attract them and create content for them. I think the other component to really look at is, you know, what's the goal? You know, what's the goal of Instagram? If we're just looking at one platform, Um, is it to, you know, increase my brand awareness? Do I want to, you know, connect with more people who will hire me? Do maybe if you're in a season of business where you don't have many inquiries coming in from other places, is it to really increase inquiries in your business? Um, Or are you in a season where you are fully booked out and there is absolutely no room on your schedule for the next couple of months? Um, It doesn't mean to say we don't need to be on Instagram anymore, but we just need to shift our goal for the platform. And then I think the final piece to really think about for the strategy is think about it in a consumer's point of view. So our our clients, our customers' point of view. If I'm ever auditing a new account that we're managing or, you know, really starting the beginning phases of a strategy, I look at it, I have to like, you know, take off my <laughs> marketer hat and put on my hat of their ideal audience and I just look at their Instagram account and I just immediately start asking myself, you know, different questions. Um, you know, do I know what they do? do you know if it's something that say they're a photographer do I know if they're in my area (laughs) you know these are all questions that we as the service provider or business owner we know those questions but are we making them apparent for people I think another really important question to ask is beyond the basics of do people know what I do do they know where I am you know if they want to buy from me or hire me do I make all of that super clear Um, and then the other piece of that is how easy do I make it for people to come to my profile and then to get to that goal so going back to that goal piece if the goal is more leads in your business How many steps does it take from someone to look at your profile? They've already made the decision. They're like, this is the photographer I want to hire. You know, I love their work. They're in my area. Maybe they came referred. I want to hire them. Okay, so we start by looking at the link in bio. (laughs) How many buttons are on the link page (laughs) in the link in bio? We look at all of those. Out of those buttons, however they're ordered, wherever they, you know, whatever platform that's on, how do they get to your website? How do they get to book a call, to fill out your inquiry form, whatever process you have for new clients or customers coming in, how easy is it for them to get to that point? If it's really difficult, that is probably the number one reason you're not getting as many leads and inquiries in your business. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with your social media strategy per se, or your content. And it certainly has nothing to do with you as the business owner. But it, we're making it super, super difficult for people to get on. So think about that process. Think about that, you know, how that looks. Because I know for for myself, actually, about 
I love to use that example, um, obviously, you know, talking about photography, but about six yeah. months ago, I was looking for a photographer in my area and I reached, I start on Instagram because I just immediately always go to Instagram to find yep. anything I'm needing in life. Um, <laughs> don't even go to Google first. And I so know. I start on, yeah, I just, Instagram is my new search engine. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And I'm looking for a photographer. I'm looking in my area. And my area is pretty big with the surrounding area. So I'm looking in different neighborhoods. I'm willing to drive, you know, if it if it works out. I also I have never really done a shoot in my area. I've always done them um, elsewhere in the United States. So I don't know where to shoot. So I'm kind of at the very, very I was a perfect consumer for my example just That's then. Sure. I don't know where I don't know where to shoot. I don't know, yes. you know what types of shoots to do for this. Um, but I do know I wanted I do know that I know what I wanted. I wanted photos that encom- encompassed our brand, our new brand and our team because I had never I had never done that before. And I found so many photographers that you know, I know everyone has a different process of displaying their pricing and, you know, different ways that people can inquire for them. So I was okay if I didn't know if they were in my budget or not. I'm sure as I got through their process, I would have found out. But there were so many times that I would go to broken links <laughs> on the website for inquiring about their services, or I couldn't even find a place to inquire. I've sent a few DMs and I was ghosted by so many people, not only in the Instagram DMs, but also on their website form. So I I don't know if it wasn't broken. I hope it wasn't. I, you know, I, I, I would have rather they ghosted me if we weren't a perfect fit versus it not working sure. out for them because then they're not getting any leads in their business. But, yes. um, you know, I think it's so important just to look at that process because that's a really big, com- you know, component of a social media strategy is what's the goal and how easy are we making it for people to, you know, to hit that goal for us. Yeah, I think that that's huge. I've always heard that um, it also helps when you're able to get back to somebody right away too. And I know that, like you're saying, if somebody goes to you or takes, you know, months to respond or something, then you're not going to go with that with that person. So I think that's a really good strategy right there. And just to make everything very clickable and easy and um, just kind of making everything flow, even on a website as well and on all of your social media platforms and just bringing it it back to your contact page at the end of the day, because that's what we're trying to do as a small business. We're trying to get those leads. So just trying to make everything very clickable. Yeah. And just yeah. easy to find is huge. I know for me too, I, I totally agree. Like if um I'm having trouble with somebody's website or I can't find something, then I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm gonna move on to the next. <laughs> so it really yeah. does make a huge difference for sure. If you know us, one of the things we value the most is client experience. Wanna know one of the best ways to up level your client experience? A client photo gallery delivery service. We have to tell you about our sponsor today, PickTime. PickTime is an online photo gallery service to deliver, share, and sell your photos. Not only does it offer a fast and easy way to upload and share your images with clients, but you can also customize layouts, create and include slideshows, and utilize video and GIF integration to bring your life to your client gallery experience. They also offer art galleries for photographers to showcase and sell their artwork. One of our favorite features PickTime offers is the slideshow feature. 
PickTime's slideshow creator adds another level of emotion to your galleries, featuring a huge library of over a thousand licensed music tracks with automatic beat matching. Their slideshows offer full customization with design tools and multiple layouts, including a mobile-friendly vertical format. This just adds such a nice touch to your gallery that your clients will receive in their inboxes. Another new feature we also love is PickTime's blog editor. It makes it easy to create and publish blog posts right from the gallery workflow, and you can also easily create SEO-optimized blog posts in minutes with advanced design tools to showcase work in the best light and increase your online presence and reach new clients, which we love to hear. So use our code ECPODCAST for one bonus month when upgrading to any PickTime paid plan. That's our code, all in caps, EC podcast for one bonus month when upgrading to pick time. Go check it out. I wanted to ask you too, um, cause I know you mentioned different social media platforms and I really do think it's important to pick those social media platforms for yourself where you actually really feel like you thrive in them and you know the platforms well, and you can really put all of your efforts into it. But do you recommend, um, having multiple social media platforms for your business? And also, what about the ones where you're not as passionate about them? Do you still recommend having those? Yeah, so I I recommend having two platforms, um, having two social media platforms. And I know I'm a social media marketer, but I just want to say, please have a website, please have an email list, have something else <laughs> beyond social media, because we never know it is, you know, such an unknown thing that could happen. But have two platforms and pick the two platforms that you love using as a consumer yourself because you're going to be the main content creator unless you're outsourcing to an agency and also you know pick up pick platforms that your audience is on so if they are not on LinkedIn then even if you love LinkedIn there's really no need to be on LinkedIn Um, choose two platforms so that way you can do all of the right things that you need to for those platforms. You can make sure that they're always optimized, that every link is working and every, you know, buyer journey is small versus long and really staying on top of the new features and the new trends of those platforms. I think that that is really, really important. But if it comes down to it, even so, you know, on the topic if you're passionate about a platform or maybe you're not maybe you're not passionate about it and you're not a great you don't want to create content over there anything like that but if it comes down to it let's say Instagram and TikTok are the two platforms that your ideal audience they're on those platforms they're super active and let's face it if people are on these platforms they're going to buy from you on these platforms so there's really no need to consider that but let's say you're considering being on Instagram and TikTok obviously TikTok is short form content Instagram content you know is is video but it's also still photo and still static content as well um, but you're considering how am I going to show up on TikTok if you're not passionate about being that content creator, being on that platform, consider what you can do with what you have. So if you're a photographer, there are tons of um, Canva and CapCut templates that can leverage the 
tons of photos that I know you have in your gallery. As a photographer, you can certainly do that. Um, you could also get really creative with the content you're sharing, you know, staying on the topic of photographers. If you want to highlight, like I mentioned, I one thing that I found in my search is I didn't really know a lot of great neighborhoods or areas to shoot in the Tampa Bay, this is where I'm from, but I have never done a shoot here. So I didn't really know where to go to do it. But I found a lot of really fun neighborhoods and photo spots and just really awesome places because people were sharing that in, you know, the people that I found in my search. So get creative with that content. That's content that you're not in it. You can shoot it. It can be simple and it can be helpful for your audience. Yeah, that's great advice. I love that. Um, For a content creator, are there any metrics or ways that you can track and measure the effectiveness of your content? Um, I think that it's kind of, it's, it's hard to know where to go to track that and to look at all the things that are going on behind the scenes. So what would you recommend? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of different metrics to really track. And so I like so I'm going to pull out some of the metrics that I like to track for our social savvy accounts and that we like to track um, when we're reporting for our clients. I like to look in the insights of all of the platforms we're managing or, you know, that we're on for that client. And I have to make it a non-negotiable that, you know, we need to be a business or a creator account. We need those analytics. We we need to see them. I think we're kind of yeah. past the point where a lot of people were more so getting advice that you should have a personal profile. But I think we can all probably as business owners weigh that, okay, the analytics and the reporting is important to know just what's working versus what's not. So look at the vanity metrics. And I know a lot of people say, don't worry about the vanity metrics. Don't do anything like that. But I want you to look at those metrics because you can learn a lot about the vanity metrics on social media. So when I say vanity metrics, I'm talking about likes, comments, shares, saves, those very simple, you know, video views, plays, those simple like forward facing likes or metrics that we see on social media. But it tells you a lot of things. It tells you if people are finding your content, you know, if they if if they love and like your content and they can resonate with it, they're probably liking it. If they are feeling a little bit more passionate about it, like they are feeling compelled to comment, look at those metrics. Um But look at the comments and see what people are commenting because it's going to really tell you um, how well your content is sitting with people. And it might also tell you if your content is not really reaching the right people because maybe it's other photographers who are commenting on your profile. So it's a good way to really gauge that (laughs) just to see, you know, are, are you reaching the right people or are we reaching our competitors? Nothing wrong with collaborating with our competitors, but uh, we want to reach people who will work with us. Look at the vanity metrics, look at the amount of impressions and reach that you're getting. Um, Are we reaching a lot of accounts on social media? And always make sure that those numbers are positive. Make sure that numbers are, you know, they're in the green. They're they're going up in impressions and followers and all of that. Now, I think another really important metric that I like to track and that we like to track as well on our reporting side is I want to bring it back to that point that I mentioned of the strategy is what's the goal? 
of the platform. So if it is lead generation, obviously this is really hard to track. We can't see it directly on Instagram, but I want to know if it's leads. Um, so for example, we have a few clients who their biggest um, metric that we track is how many discovery calls do we get booked? Um, and do we get booked from, I want to know that number of calls that are booked and I want it like internally for the business. So say, for example, they had 10 discovery calls booked um, in the month. But if they know from that number, five of them came from Instagram, because hopefully there's a spot on the call booking form that says, where did you find me? Where did you find us? And there's a spot for Instagram. But I want to know both of those numbers. And I want to track those because those are really important metrics. One, we can correlate five people from Instagram wanted to inquire. And they did. They booked a call or they completed the form. Or, you know, considering that there were 10 calls booked, even if they came from different places, maybe those people saw your social media content. Or maybe they have followed you on Instagram for a while, but an email you sent to them is what got them to book the call. So look yeah. at a lot of the different metrics and really, you know, look at how they fit to that overall goal. Oh, so good. Thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing. This has been amazing. Um, I just, yeah, I'm so excited. I This is inspiring me to go and back in my social media and kind of do a little deep dive and just look at it this year. And I feel like that's a, a good tip too, just to go into your social media and look at all of the analytics and the metrics every single year so you can see what you need to improve on and what's working and what's not. So I think that that is just so helpful and hopefully our listeners can do a little deep dive into theirs as well and just kind of um, even look at their their audience as well so their um, followers convert into clients. But I would love for you to share where everybody can find you and where people can listen to your podcast and even if they want to hire you a social media agency, where how they can hire you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Julia, for your time and having this conversation. Of course, I could talk social media <laughs> all day long. Um, <laughs> if you. you guys are wanting to listen to the podcast, it's called Hashtag Managed. Um, just tap over whatever your favorite podcast player is, search Hashtag Managed, and it'll be the first show that pops up. Of course, you can find me on Instagram. That is the main platform that I'm active on, at Social Savvy HQ. And I show up every single day on there. I would love to connect with you guys. Of course, let me know that you listen to this episode. Send me a DM. And of course, we can chat about uh, all things from ideal follower avatar to strategy. And if you're looking for more information about working with us on the agency side, or even if you want to look at our resources that we have, again, my value first content strategy on social media. I take it in every avenue of the business. So we have the podcast and the blog as well. But you can go to socialsavvyhq.co. There's no M at the end. And you can learn more about our process, the work that we've done. And of course, I would love to set up a call and chat with you if you need help with outsourcing your social media. All right, you guys heard it here first. Thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on today. And I can't wait to have another conversation one of these days. And thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you again, Julia, for your time. And thanks to all of you for listening. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please be sure to rate this podcast five stars and save our show to your library. This 
is how we keep this podcast going. So we absolutely need your support and we appreciate it so much. And if you have any topic requests for our upcoming episodes or you want to be on our show, email us at equippedcreatives at gmail.com and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Equipped Creatives Podcast. For more education, go to www.equippedcreatives.com.